0: a passage from 1 Kings chapter 22, verses 1 through 18, verse 23, and verses 29 through 40. Feel free to follow along in your bulletin. For three years, Syria and Israel continued without war. But in the third year, Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, came down to the king of Israel. And the king of Israel said to his servants, do you know that Ramoth Gilead belongs to us? And we keep quiet and we don't take it out of the hand of the king of Syria. And he said to Jehoshaphat, will you go with me to battle at Ramoth Gilead? And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, I am as you are, my people as your people, my horses as your horses. And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, inquire first for the word of the Lord. And the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about 400 men, and he said to them, shall I go to battle against Ramoth Gilead, or shall I refrain? And they said, go up, for the Lord will give it into the hand of the king. And Jehoshaphat said, is there not another prophet of the Lord whom we may inquire? And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, there is yet one man by whom we may inquire of the Lord, Micaiah, son of Imlah, but I hate him, for he never prophesies good concerning me, but evil. And Jehoshaphat said, let not the king say so. Then the king of Israel summoned an officer and said, bring quickly Micaiah, the son of Imlah. Now the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah were sitting on their thrones, arrayed in their robes at the threshing floor at the entrance of the gates of Samaria. And all the prophets were prophesying before them. And Zedekiah, the son of Chanana, made for himself horns of iron And said, thus says the Lord, with these you shall push the Syrians until they are destroyed. And all the prophets prophesied so and said, go up to Ramoth Gilead and triumph. The Lord will give it into the hand of the king. And the messenger who went to summon Micaiah said to him, behold, the words of the prophet with one accord are favorable to the king. Let your word be like the word of one of them and speak favorably. But Micaiah said, as the Lord lives, what the Lord says to me, that will I speak. And when he had come to the king, the king said to him, Micaiah, shall we go to Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall we refrain? And he answered him, go up and triumph. The Lord will give it into the hand of the king. But the king said to him, How many times shall I make you swear that you speak to me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? And he said, I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, These have no master. Let each return to his home in peace. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, Did I not tell you that he would not prophesy good concerning me, but evil? Now, therefore, behold, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these your prophets. The Lord has declared disaster for you. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramoth Gilead. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself and go into battle, but you wear your robes. And the king of Israel described him, excuse me, disguised himself and went into battle. Now the king of Syria had commanded the thirty-two captains of his chariots, fight with neither small nor great, but only with the king of Israel. So they turned to fight against him. And Jehoshaphat cried out. And when the captains of the chariots saw it was not the king of Israel, they turned back from pursuing him. But a certain man drew his bow at random and struck the king of Israel between the scale armor and the breastplate. Therefore he said to the driver of his chariot, turn around and carry me out for battle for I'm wounded. And the battle continued that day and the king was propped up in his chariot facing the Syrians until at evening he died. And the blood of the wound flowed into the bottom of the chariot. And about sunset, a cry went through the army every man to his city every man to his country so the king died and was brought to samaria and they buried the king in samaria and they washed the chariot by the pool of samaria and the dogs looked up his blood and the prostitutes washed themselves in it according to the word of the lord that he had spoken Now the rest of the acts of Ahab and all that he did and the ivory house that he built and all the cities that he built, are they not written in the book of Chronicles of the kings of Israel? So Ahab slept with his fathers, and Ahaziah his son reigned in his place. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Good morning. I'm Howard Brown, the pastor here at Christ Central Church, and I want to say, um, Happy Memorial Day weekend Um, for those of you who may have lost somebody in the military. um, We uh, pray with you and thank uh, those who um, honor those who gave their life um, in service of the military. Um, So this is what we do this weekend. I went online because they had this article that said, what's the difference between Memorial Day and Veterans Day, right? We all get it confused. Memorial Day, Veterans Day, and even Labor Day, all confused. And so on Memorial Day is to honor those who died in military service. Veterans Day to honor those who served in military service. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so um, we finish up our series through the book of First Kings today, and I'll be starting a new sermon series this summer. Some of you were here when I first preached this series, a New South Revolution. Well, the New South Revolution Sermon Series is actually an old sermon series that I am renewing to help us a little bit. Our growing church to kind of reengage and connect some of us for the first time with the vision of Christ Central Church as it pertains to living in a New South city like Charlotte. So last week in Kings, we saw humble and repentant King Ahab. And this week, we see him struggle. Towards a tragic end. A tragic end that begins, however, with him not listening to or obeying God's word. From Ahab's sad end, sad end here, it is my hope that we can begin to hear and seek God's word for ourselves and guidance for our lives more aggressively and more desperately. Three things I want us to see here as we get into the word. First, that, that uh, Ahab learned the hard way, Right? Um, I hope that we can learn. Um, First, that God's Word is made available to us. Secondly, God's Word is often uneasy for us. And finally, that God's Word is God's safety for us, right? God's Word is available, uneasy, and our safety. So here's some background to your reading today that and Sarah did a couple of chapters chapters ago, chapter 20 to be exact, we learned how the Israelites miraculously defeated the great Syrian army led by the mighty Syrian king, Ben-Hadad. Well, part of the deal was that the king of Israel, Ahab, was supposed to kill Ben-Hadad when he captured him. But instead, King Ahab made a deal with the defeated Ben-Hadad He let Ben-Hadad go alive on the condition that Ben-Hadad would hand over some occupied territories that he would give them back to the Israelites. Well, of course, diplomatic promises fell through. And now Ahab is left having to take what was promised back by force. So in order to take the promised property back, Ahab Ahab puts the proverbial band back together and orchestrates a a temporary union tour with with the southern kingdom of Israel. Remember, Israel is split into two kingdoms at this point, northern and southern. And the southern kingdom king, King Jehoshaphat, I love that name, right? Jehoshaphat, that's P-H-A-T, fat. (laughs) So Jehoshaphat agrees to go into battle. With King Ah Ahab under one condition. Look beginning at verse 6, I mean verse 4 again with me. It says here, And he said to Jehoshaphat, Will you go with me to battle at Ramoth Gilead? And Jehoshaphat uh, said to the king of Israel, I am as you are, my people is your people, my horses is your horses. And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, Inquire first for the word of God. Then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about 400 men, and said to them, Shall I go to battle against Ramoth Gilead, or shall I refrain? And they said, Go up, for the Lord will give it into, your hand, into, give it into the hand of the king. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here another prophet of the Lord of whom we may inquire? Okay, I want to stop right there. Jehoshaphat is the guy whom we, like my type, we jump first and think later, people. Uh, We hate to be around because their favorite words are, but first let's, right? That's how Pastor Derek is, the executive pastor at Christ Central. I'm like, I got a great idea. Let's spend money on this, but first let's. I don't like that. Let's plan it. Let's think through it. No, God's thing. Just jump in and do it. Trust me. Sometimes Connor and I will come in with a big item purchased. Did y'all first think about it? Did you first look at the budget? No, but we really needed this fancy coffee machine. No laughter um, on that one. (laughs) But first, let's. But first, let's. And Jehoshaphat is, I'll fight with you, but of course, first, let's pray. Let's take it to the Lord. Let's ask and hear from the Lord on this. And the sheer confidence and assurance to even say, let's hear from the Lord on this, says what to us? That there is a word from the Lord somewhere out there that God's word is available for them, to them, for their situation, for their inquiry, for their prayers, as the Bible says. They're asking of what they don't know and can't speak for and to themselves. And like them, God's word is available to us, for our lives, for our lives' questions, it's concernings, it's dealings, and who we are and why. And just aside real quick, do you know that there are just some things you can't speak for or to yourself and to your life. And so you ask someone like the Lord to tell you. It turns out that, yes, there are prophets for Ahab and Jehoshaphat, people in place in official capacity to hear from God and speak God's word and direction for their situation, for the dilemma that these kings are about to face and get into by going into war. And God speaks. God speaks. Through these prophets, so, so, so Jehoshaphat and Ahab can hear, right? It, it means that God heard them, that the Lord knew what was going on. He knew them, and then he spoke into their world, into their lives, through the word we, we like to use, his means, through his means. And means means that God comes, right? C O M. As in communicate. He communicates to us. He has ways that we can hear what we need and should know from him. And no, you and I don't have a band of 400 prophets hanging around. But believe it or not, we have even more than what Ahab and Jehoshaphat had. Did you know that? God has expanded, y'all, from this scripture that we see here thousands of years ago. He's expanded and optimized. Can you hear him now? Network available to us. There are no dead zones and drop calls from his end. God has the optic and audio network in the Word of God, the Bible, and and people who could teach it and have written good stuff on stuff. And and through the community of people, God's people in the church who, when speaking and connected to God's truth in the Bible, can share what He is saying and and give wise counsel in the church. You have elders and teachers and friends, but God's Word is not just simply a a cognitive or, or deductive thing. It is a supernatural communication, He uses those things I mentioned, those means, and speaks not just to to our lives, but that stuff by his Holy Spirit, like we were saying in a song, using it. He speaks into our hearts spiritual truths, insight and truths from heaven through means or meteors of that word, and that word manifests into help and hope in real-life situations and personal issues. Now, this is a little mystic but the Bible's really highly spiritual stuff. Did y'all know that? God's a spirit, right? So it's kind of spiritual. We try to dumb it down and, you know, or, or, or make it easier, just scientific. Now, this stuff's mystical, y'all. 400 prophets all prophesying. What's that mean? It just look weird to me. But y'all can handle this. You better. Like Ahab and Jehoshaphat working with the prophets. Do you know the human beings were created with an antenna to live in what I would describe as a prophetic realm? No, don't go all Harry Potter poltergeist on me. Just hold on. What I mean is you have been created by God to receive heaven's signal. To hear and receive and even transmit and share it through the Word of God to others. And then the Holy Spirit takes that word and He translates, takes that word and creates spiritual truths that you can receive here in your soul. So, if all of that heavy mystical stuff is true, right? But god's word being available to us why is accessing right and then hearing and following what he has and is communicating to us so difficult at times this passage shows us that though god's word is available for and in our lives that at the same time it is often uneasy uneasy to hear and uneasy to obey and follow So Ahab is like, you want to hear from God? Booyah, right? Four hundred prophets in one accord, but Jehoshaphat knew something wasn't right. That Ahab might have had the largest network. Right? But he could tell this network of prophets was like North Korea. Or our own local sports talk, radio, or television. It was clearly hacked. It was sticky. Paid off, bug propaganda. These prophets were homers. Look how Ahab even inquires of the Lord in verse six. Jehoshaphat said to the Lord of Israel, "Inquire first of the word for the word of the Lord." Then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about four hundred uh, men, and said to them, "Shall I go to battle against Ramoth, or shall I refrain?" Huh? Notice he didn't say he asked of them, or asked of the Lord, he said to them, shall I go? It's a little piece there, but it's important. Because he was not truly asking for God's word. And really like thinking, leaving it up to the Lord, like like somehow he wasn't sure what God was going to say. He was already sure what what God was going to say, right? He really wanted a cheerleading team. Go Ahab, right? Right? Jehoshaphat is like, we, we, can we get a prophet who's not on the payroll, who doesn't have a Go Ahab licensed fan product on? And Ahab is like, there is one hate on me, real bad prophet by the name of Micaiah. <laughs> he ain't never got anything positive to say. He's a naysayer, a Debbie Downer. And Jehoshaphat is like, man, don't be like that. Let's holler at him and let him holler back at us. So they send for him in the meantime before he gets there they have a pet rally, y'all. As a matter of fact, one of the prophets, the Bible says the prophet, I'm like, what is this? He creates horns, right? And he puts them on. He says, hey, this is how Ahab's going to win. They have a mascot and all. Prophets put on a show, pet rally, talking about all we say is true. Look, the numbers can't be wrong. You the man, Ahab, hashtag blessed. Go with it. And when the messengers return with Micaiah, they let Micaiah know as he's walking in, you know, he's walking into a stadium. The pep rally's already happening. They're like, what you got to say? Cheers have already gone up. We have 400 who've already said that Ahab will win. And Micaiah is like, okay, if that's the way you want it, go ahead. You'll win. Godspeed to you. But Ahab knows that this is just some being sarcastic. It says, tell me the truth. Micaiah tells him this in verse 16. If I can find 16. 16 is real small. It looks a lot like 13. Okay. (laughs) Get like that sometimes. Okay. But the king said to him, How many times shall I make you swear that you speak to me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? And he said to him, And he said, I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, these have no master. Let each return to his own home. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, did I not tell you that he would not prophesy good concerning me, but evil? Right? And then later down, later, further down, he says that this is going to be a disastrous result for you, king kai explains you know that the lord orchestrated it's like a double word from god first you ain't gonna do good in battle it's gonna be a disaster for you then secondly some other bad news the lord orchestrated for a lying spirit to be in the mouths of the 400 prophets right the forecast they gave is off, right? And the truth and that the truth is that things will not go well and Ahab decides to go into battle anyway. Like like Ahab and the prophets with him. God's word, his truth to us, is not always easy for us to hear or follow, is it? Because like Ahab and his prophets and our brokenness and spiritual blindness, we are often listening and looking for a certain answer. And we won't and can't hear anything God might be saying to us that's on the contrary of what we want to hear. It is clear why Ahab and the 400 prophets in one accord on one payroll were were like that because he had them there to always give him the answer he wanted or thought he should hear from God. Ahab already had his plan and his purpose and his way to be successful and prosperous and a winner, and he wanted to always feel good about himself. These are the positive message prophets, right? They don't ever say anything negative. I hear people say, I got to get negativity away from me, and they even include God's Word in it. If the Word of God is negative, I don't want it. If it says something wrong about me, that ain't God. It can't be God because I'm a good person. Everything else in the world says, I'm great. I'm good. Why God got to say I'm bad? What? All he needed, Ahab needed was an available word of God. Just little verses. You know how people pick the verses on their, uh, on their, um, and put it on their fridge. Anybody ever put the verse, the wages of sin is death, Right? And just stop it right there. <laughs> right? Nobody puts that. Right? And the Lord said to the goats, go into eternal fire and damnation. Right on the, write the magnet right on the fridge. Nobody puts that. That's not a bumper sticker. Like he expressed to, to Micaiah the prophet, he really did not want to hear from the Lord. He wanted to hear what he already wanted to hear, and then he set his life and logistics and spiritual ears up, ears up for that. Okay, I'll be careful how I say this because, you know, I don't I try to, to say, you know, not be critical of others. Some people pick churches that give the positive message, churches big too. Ooh. look like heroines at that church, right? Am I trying to say it's any particular church? There's lots of them all over the world, right? Because guess what? When you get in there, it's gonna be exactly what you came in thinking you wanted to hear. Here's the hard part, like the prophets. Sometimes it's the person who's officially giving the word saying exactly what you want to hear and it's not the full truth like him we reject or find it hard to accept what the lord may be saying for us and to us because we simply don't like it or like that part of it to feel like god and those who deliver god's word to us are like micaiah we just hating on people And our plans and our ambitions and aspirations and drive and personal vision and destiny for our lives or or comforts or heart desires are being put down. It is important that you and I recognize that, that, that many times it's just hard to accept what is clear from God's word for us. And this isn't, oh, are you a young Christian or a new Christian or whatever? Everybody goes through this. If you're anything like me, I like to roll the dice. I've never been to Vegas, I'm glad. Because I just like to roll the dice, and just close my eyes, and hope, and pray, like one of those my way prayers, right? Where I tell God the question, right? I don't ask him, I tell him what I wonder he wants to do and should do, right? Trying to word it right here. Um, and I just close my eyes and and, and and hope that I what I pray, what I want is okay. And right, I just want the, that kind of sovereignty and power to just check God the box on the way, right? Click, 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 I pray, let me move on. I'm not really listening. I just prayed, moved on. Oh, here's that person. Always got something bad to say, always come with the Bible, the word of God, talking about wisdom, waiting. No. Y'all, and I expressed this before, because I'm a talker and a doer and a jump-first kind of person. So my prayer life is not very good. It's not as good as it should be. It doesn't match the amount of years I've been matching with, walking with the Lord, okay? It just doesn't. I got to grow in that area. I got to sanctify in that area. So what does God do? He puts other folk in my life who are slow, man. I don't want to, it's Derek. I don't want to hear from Derek. <laughs> hey brother, before we move, let's, let's pray for a while. <laughs> I already know what God's going to say. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> right? Blessed and highly favored. I got it. I already see it. I'm a visionary. I know so uneasy when I hear God or someone sent by God tell me something that is against who I have perceived myself to be that is not true or more powerful or perfect or moral than I really am, right? I think that I'm that way or or maybe I've wrongly perceived what is wrong or right and it's not easy to hear and accept God's word. Sometimes it's you ain't perfect. You know, I've said it to other pastors and I think when someone tells me what to do, you ain't perfect. People said it to me. You ain't perfect, Pastor Brown. You and the elders, like Ahab thought of it, Micaiah, you just don't want me to be happy. You you don't get me. Oh, you don't know how many times. Y'all just don't get me. My situation's complicated. You don't understand how bad I worked or wanted this relationship or how long I've been waiting or how difficult what God simply said will make it for me. And God just can't be this strict or unforgiving or plain old me mean or minute like that for the 21st century. Got to be another interpretation. And you know what you elders and pastors and Bible minded and mouth friends typically, when you tell me what, what, what God's word says, you know what I think in my head? You got it easy, man. You spiritual people, y'all don't struggle with nothing. So easy for you to say what God says when you on not easy straight. No. If we read the full passage, I didn't put it on. The prophet came and slapped Micaiah in the face. I was like, uh-uh, right. He slapped him in the face and said, slap. How did God's word go from my mouth to yours, right? Contact. What? Anyway, I thought it was kind of funny when I looked at it, but it's not funny. It's kind of mean. No, the person who gives God's word doesn't have it easy. It's just uneasy for you and me to hear it sometimes. Look, our lives are a complicated mess of disappointments, bad interpretations, whether God was good to us or something that happened in the past and we like to stay in control or whether you're simply spiritually opposed to God consciously or subconsciously. In fact, the Bible tells us that the heart, okay, the heart is the real antenna, right? So the mind is the, the actually the mind's the antenna, right? You kind of hear the word of God, but then the heart is the receptor. It kind of translates that stuff. The, the core of why and what we are able to listen or obey God, the Bible says our hearts are complicated and beyond our knowing. We are a twisted communication superhighway of blind spots and histories of emotional and spiritual breakdowns and wrecks. And it is not easy all the time for us to hear and obey, but it's not up to me to pull all these up, go to counseling. I can't do it. Right? But know this, our personal location markers for ourselves can be way off and we are not always connected to god's map right had to get a new iphone didn't want to because once i get liking something no matter how old the technology i just love it because i'm old i don't want nothing new but i had to get something new because the antenna was broken or something like that the guy at the apple genius bar took me three weeks to get the appointment yeah, I know it's wrong, man. I'm like, how are you looking at it and tell? Right? You need a new antenna. That's why you can't get no GPS. I was lost all over the place, y'all. I was a terrible driver. I didn't cause, I might have caused a few wrecks and kept going. Don't you hate that person? And I'm just. But the point is let me get to the point. Our internal antennas are broken sometimes. It makes it hard to send a find my heart signal out to God. But here's the good news. He can find us we might be lost in a super high way of wrong ways and one ways but my internally or intentionally broken antenna right by that god's word has a way of finding us because god's word is more than directions and words and moral meters and antennas it is about god himself right the divine person seeking us out and sending us his good for good for us words he's the living word right So Ahab describes the true prophet. Micaiah's words from God is hating on him. But at the bottom of it was to warn Ahab and Israel that that they were headed for destruction. Now, Now, this might have been easy to reject if Ahab didn't already have a couple prophecies already on him that already said that he was going to have difficulty because he disobeyed God and not killing Ben had died the first time. And then another prophecy came after that, that he's going to die in a certain way with the dogs looking up his blood for the thing he and his wife did to, in having Naboth killed to steal his vineyard. Let me say it like this. Ahab already had a death sentence against him. He already, by God's word to him, had, was on a one-way course to destruction. If anyone should, who should If anyone should be looking for direction and correction, being sure God was with them in his life, it was Ahab. The Bible tells us in verse 23 that the Lord put a lying spirit in the mouths of the prophets. Now, I'm not going to get into the ins and outs. God's not the author of sin, right? And God's not a liar, okay? I just Let's get past that. If you want to talk about it, email me, text me. I'll get back to you maybe after summer when things are cool. I'm just kidding. But call, Text me, email me. You got Drew over here. You got Charles. You know, you got your elders. You got me. We can talk about how this, he put lying spirits in the mouths. Just, just take it for now, okay? As this. God gave Ahab. What he wanted to hear. He let him hear what he wanted to hear because he really didn't want to hear from the Lord. And why? We see. So that he and now you and I can see what disobeying the Lord's word and living by your own personal vice will lead to to destruction. But not only that, but to see in this fallen world there's spiritual darkness that's in and outside of us that can trick and confuse us and lead our already broken hearts away. Hear this. Anything and everything we tell ourselves about our world and ourselves and the Lord that is contrary to what God is saying and has said is a lie. That will lead ultimately to destruction and death and condemnation that we are already on a one-way course to because of sin in our lives. We're already, as sinners born in this world, headed towards it. Like Ahab, we have a prophecy in our lives that says we are broken, we are fallen, we are sinners. And here comes the Word of God. Here's the point. God's Word comes to give us life, to save us to save us from our own sin, destruction, and disaster, and spiritual darkness that can easily get to us and confuse us. Look, the Word of God is here to save us from our own pride and stupidity and blindness. We think we know, and guess what? We don't know how bad things are out there and in here. And the Word is more than advice, book. then it is like a loving mother and father's words who are actively seeking to keep us alive and be good to us and save us from all sorts of pitfalls and mistakes. Some you may be in right now because you already didn't obey. He's not trying to take your life of fun away. For those of you who are parents, you know what it's like. Mom, I don't want to listen. You're taking my fun away. Everybody has it. Everybody's doing it. You're the only parent, right? Man, I've used those same words and they didn't mean nothing. It didn't mean nothing. Everybody else was doing it. Good. You might stay alive, right? <laughs> nobody else's parents. I'm, one time I said, nobody else's parents. My dad says, what are parents doing? Do you know their parents? Are their parents even home? I don't know. You should be glad I'm here, right? I don't like using this word, but like crazy fool. Don't you see? I'm trying to stop you from killing yourself, dummy. Dad, I want to go out with these friends. Who are they? I don't know. We're just picking up. We're just going to go cruising. What? Cruising? Everybody knows cruising ends up going off a cliff, right? Cruising? What you doing cruising? This is what makes the word of God uneasy. He says we are sinners, we are broken, that we are easily deceived and naturally disobedient. The good news is the same word has come to save you from that and that is why it tells us all the uneasy stuff is God's safety but the Bible says that Ahab has Micaiah arrested right after all of that and put in jail and he goes to battle anyway but he's slick about it y'all right he takes off his royal clothes So that the other army would not recognize him and not attack him, right? And maybe he says, King Jehoshaphat, you put your kingly robes on, right? He thought maybe they'll confuse us. Jehoshaphat will get killed and I'll live. Now he doesn't say that, but still thought it, thinking, you know, and sort of prove the prophecy of Micaiah wrong. Hashtag blessed, God's word wrong. Well, guess what? Wrong. Surprise, God's word proved right and it started to happen just like Ahab planned and hoped it would. The Syrian army was told to just take King Ahab out, and they saw Jehoshaphat looking and dressed very kingly. And they said, that must be the King Ahab. Let's go get him. And King Jehoshaphat cried out, the Bible says, I don't know. I just wonder what cried out meant exactly. Maybe, yo, 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 fellas, it's me, King Jehoshaphat. Or king Hosty, something right you got the wrong one and the syrian army holds up but one young anxious cadet gets the itchy finger let's go sarge right and accidentally lets an arrow go beetle bailey yeah i don't know about beetle bailey barney fife right he lets an arrow—y'all too young, some of y'all—one <laughs> arrow, and where does it land? Well, the Bible says not only did it hit King Ahab, but it was an accidentally perfect shot. He, could, he, had, he had to call glass on that one, we like to say, right? He, he, I mean, call on, a shot on that one, right? He, he, he wouldn't have made that shot even if he was trying, y'all. Because it went, as you look at it, in about, I would guess, a one-inch gap in the armor of Ahab between his breastplate and the shoulder pads, and, of course, right into the heart. And he bleeds out, and just like was prophesied, Israel scattered, just like the hate me prophet said, then as God prophesied and promised early to Ahab, he dies, and the blood flows to the floorboard of the chariot and is licked up by the dogs, just like God said it would. Okay, I don't know how clear this is to you, but God's Word is so alive, so connected to who the Lord is, in his perfection. It is unincidental. So not an accident for you and me and him to have the communication he has with us, that it will be true for you. And guess what? It will find you and impact our lives, even if we try to hide from it or are hidden from it or sitting on a throne of lies. That's for your elf people, right? Anyway, only a few people got that one. You got it, baby. Thank you. It will get us and be true for us. You cannot just go on and live the way you want in a lie and according to a lie because like Ahab learned, our actions and disobedience and covering up our lives with on and half-truths, living on the low and thinking we were hidden from God's truth, pretending and acting good will not ever make God a liar. You and I will not prove God wrong. he can't be wrong he will not make him you we will not make him who is the truth who is the person and the truth a lie and not the truth ahab could not escape the truth and impact of god's word on his life and it took and all it took was an inch and a divine providential loose arrow to prove that have to add this the impact of god's word and judgment and mercy not only impacted him but his whole community y'all The Bible says when he was shot, the whole army scattered. Fathers, mothers, sisters, brothers, neighbors, leaders, students. Yes, you kids and young people. God's word has powerful impact and direction and influence on your whole world. It's interesting, especially considering the story that in another passage passage in the Bible, it says the word of God will never return void. But carry out his purposes and intentions, and also says this about scripture. Scripture says this, and that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, right? That it digs and goes deeping into our confusing superhighway of thinkings and lies, thinking and lies and history and behavior, and it gets to us anyway. It cuts through the mess and cuts through the you know what around and on us and in you and me, and makes the impact in you, and then from that impact, intended shockwaves to the world we affect and live in. Is this good or is this Bad news. It depends, doesn't it? For Ahab, it was both. He died for his disobedience, but his death led to the rest that I believe he entered into as a confused sinner who humbled himself before God and received God's mercy. God's word made true like an arrow to the heart. May God's eternal promise and rest for this driven, insecure, wanting to prove something and living a destructive lie, man. If you're not a believer today, you have been warned and waved down and called over, an alert has popped up today, an amber alert, you are lost lost in lies that is not good and right now the word of god will be a sword of eventual reckoning right for a life lived and run by lies and god promises the verdict of god will catch up to you and hopefully though scatter your life to find and hear words of peace that have not have escaped you so far and if you're a believer it's uncomfortably good news Because it means that the word of God will come in like the arrow did on Ahab and reach into the deep places and penetrate us with God's truth to do whatever it takes to bring us into his life, into his rest, dead or alive, but good and righteous. The word of God causes death to our lives built on lies, and it may hurt but like a needle, it injects us with grace. It finds the place of hurt and confusion and fear, the place we didn't want God to go, right? The tender spots that actually need God's comfort, and it kills them. It bleeds them out for our own good so that we can finally rest and run to God's truth so that we can live and then die in peace. It will cause a life change and shift in us, but it will mean killing and piercing and calling and showing our weakness and brokenness so that we can finally rest and truly win close with this you know what Jesus the son of God in the flesh is called we sung about it the living word he was not only the arrow of truth that came to penetrate our world and hearts with his presence and life-changing grace hidden from God's message of grace. Jesus was the king who showed physically and spiritually what was true about you and me. On the cross, Jesus became King Ahab. He became our arrogant disobedience. He took on our lies and our covering up before God and God shot him through three times with the arrows of judgment and condemnation intended for you and me so that we cannot scatter but run to a place of peace. Jesus took it, y'all, so that when we look at him and his death, we know, like they knew when Ahab died, that God's word is true. That he came to seek and save and reach and have communicating relationship with sinners. That that's true. But Jesus was more than a savior and a heavenly telephone of God's communication, right? He made the word powerful. His blood spilled. His resurrection made the living word, made him the living word who now Comes into people's life like the arrow of God, not to condemn them, not to shame you. Sometimes, Pastor, man, that word really got to me. Man, yes, but not to condemn, not to shame you, not to disgrace you, but to be and deliver. A word from God that saves, that leads to life and joy and freedom. And power and grace what's the word Christ Jesus Christ he's the living word let us pray Heavenly Father we thank you that with personal accuracy you reach us with your word We've put up all kind of guards. We've hidden our, our lives away from you. But we thank you that you seek us out and you find us in the deepest places. Think about all the lives out here, God. I pray for um, those who live alone without some sort of intimate companionship. Who oftentimes can't hear another person all the time. Holy Spirit, speak to them words of comfort. Lord, I pray that our light show would stop. (laughs) Yeah, Um, but Lord, I pray for those who are married and in relationships who have intimate communication with other people. Help us to listen. Help us to hear God's word coming through our husbands and wives and friends and family members who know you. Lord, thank you that your word is living and active to save sinners who want to try to shuck it. You've been good to us even with your arrows. Thank you, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.